let's just roll right into it here. Brayden, cool. how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you, man? Doing good. Now, okay, I'm a little... I haven't. I wasn't able to exactly keep track of where all you said you've been recently. I know you just got back from Amarillo, but you had another trip before that. So tell me what you've been up to. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I've been... Uh, so I had a iron conference in New Mexico. Uh, we went down there, and uh, it was a blast. It was at Highlands University. The sculpture professor there is good friends with uh, Toby, my professor, and... So uh, we go. They go every time they have a conference. It's called the Iron Tribe. So what exactly? Because I, I know you did this, this similar thing in Scranton last summer. What what exactly happens at an Iron Conference? Well, uh, lots happen. We have usually a performance pour, which is like a lot of like reaction molds and uh, just things that go boom, <laughs> makes sparks fly everywhere and okay okay we're getting a little more to the explain like i'm five thing. so <laughs> that's uh that's probably <laughs> that's probably what we need we need here <laughs> you're you're losing you're losing me there for a little bit okay so basically yes. just being big and flashy with pouring melted metal right right, right. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so not necessarily yeah. some project just kind of just just demoing the facilities i guess as much as anything then yeah, yeah, pretty much. And we also have a production pour day, which is for uh, pouring people's molds. So like artwork and, and all that. So are you bringing a mold that you already had done to the conference then? Yeah, that's what I did. Okay. Uh, you can Sometimes they have workshops uh, there because it's usually like a three or four day thing. So usually they have workshops there where you can make a mold uh, at the site if that's what you want to do. But I usually just make my own here because those workshops usually cost money. Gotcha. It's better just to already have yours already done. Is that is that the skull right. you had on Instagram? Was that one you had done down there or was that something else? Uh, no, that was uh, that was something that I did, uh, did here in Hayes. I'm trying to think what I – I had a – I don't think I posted any pictures of it yet actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just did a small, like a quick little – casting i made it i made the mold in like a day just to have something to cast there i guess it's part of the fun it's like breaking open your mold down there so oh right it's like christmas but you designed the present from scratch right right <laughs> um any luck with my finish line bell yet <laughs> <laughs> it's getting there okay yeah i had to i had to coat the whole thing in oil clay and uh oh wow put you know, like design the like trace the cardinal logo on there did you need like a bracket made for it too? So I wanted to attach it to that old metal finish line marker that we had. And I don't know the best way to do that. Like, do you need to actually maybe take that whole piece to haze at some point or? No, I don't think so. I think if I just make a bracket um, okay. that'll fit the bell, you'll be able to screw that bracket right onto that post. Okay. Cause I sent you the dimensions of the post. So I don't know how, what the plan was exactly for that, but uh, yeah, you might have to resend those, but <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. So how long were you down in New Mexico? Um, I was down there, oh, we went down on the 28th and returned on 3rd or 4th. And then, uh, so I was back in Hayes for a little bit, and then uh, my girlfriend and I and her dad went to uh, Amarillo, Texas. Okay, which I guess, yeah, I've been to Amarillo, Texas, but I didn't necessarily think about it being a destination. Did she just have family there, or...? Yeah, you know, her dad just like wanted to go down there, so we were like, "All right, let's go." Okay, I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe I didn't get enough time. I think I, I just met some family down there about ten years ago for and had dinner, and that was it. Maybe stayed at a hotel there. It wasn't a city, I guess, that even occurred to me to to check out. 
Uh, yeah, there's like a there's Palo Duro State Park. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but her dad said it was like the second largest canyon in the United States. What? It, yeah, it was pretty huge. I had no idea it was there, really? but yeah, there's just a massive canyon going through the Panhandle. Huh. But yeah, it's like right outside of Amarillo, so that was really fun. We hiked around a little bit. And Excellent. Drove around, and there was a lot of uh, historical significance to the area. There's a lot of uh, like conflict between settlers and Native Americans, so it was cool to go around and see all the historical markers, and just it was just a beautiful area too. Yeah, the hidden gems of Amarillo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there there's something to that, and and it's not the same, but it, what it just made me think of was the, the hidden gems. You're exactly right. So when I when I was when I went to Europe in, in 2010, what surprised me was yes, it was worth. Anyway, we talked about this before, but it was worth hitting, you know, the Paris, the London, the Rome. But some of the more memorable moments were the little, the off the beaten path ones. So how Munich and Florence probably stand out to me as more worthwhile than the big cities. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. I think there's there's something to that, that just because uh, a destination has more people living there or has uh, just a better publicity and we've grown up hearing about the grand canyon and yeah it's amazing but it doesn't mean that hey maybe the second biggest canyon is in amarillo texas and you should go to that too (laughs) right (laughs) so yeah just because you haven't heard of something doesn't mean it won't blow you away i guess is the way to say it right yeah and i think and i think it's easy to be a travel snob as far as like oh i don't need to go there and then you get there and like oh okay this is really cool and there's no one else around because no one talks about it yeah (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like I was like I wasn't really expecting much going down there and but I was pleasantly surprised. So and yeah, that is a good feeling. And that ties into what Cody and I were talking about with movies where you know how expectations do determine your appreciation. So if uh yeah. if a movie or travel destination have been really hyped up, it's gonna be hard for them to live up to it and then vice versa. If it catches you off guard, you're gonna really remember it if it hadn't been hyped and you're like, This is pretty darn cool right right so i guess i'll talk about my trip to los angeles that we haven't had a yeah, chance to, awesome. to talk about so just to kind of help jog my memory here i i pulled up my my pictures on on google photos which oh, nice. uh i guess i could actually probably even figure out a way to share with you right oh sweet yeah now i see your screen cool cool i'll just kind of scroll through here and obviously i don't want to make this like a, a, a old school slideshow where i'm just kind of like and this is where we went to the uh, Hollywood place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So the first thing that kind of jumps out to me here is, so I did the Airbnb thing I had. So I was there for, I think it was seven nights and I did three nights in an Airbnb in kind of the Hollywood area. And then I went down to San Diego and stayed with uh, a college teammate for a few days and then back up nice. to another, to an Airbnb for two nights. But I actually ended up staying with a cousin. We'll come back to that. So, what I didn't realize until like the day before I left was that Paramount Studios was a half mile walk from my Airbnb. Oh, nice! So I don't I don't know if you recognize that archway there. Have you seen that before yeah, at all? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So very very iconic, the Paramount Studios lot. And what's funny too is I just rewatched. You probably haven't seen it, but Sunset Boulevard from like the fifties. It's just a kind of a very famous film noir Billy Wilder movie. And it kind of has an iconic scene where, like, the old star, the old female star who's kind of past her prime but still thinks she's ready for a comeback 
strolls through in her fancy car through this gate and it's it's just it just kind of the, the gate's very much associated with that movie and probably other movies too but I just rewatched that movie, not realizing that just three weeks later I was going to be walking through that exact same gate. So that was kind of cool, just because it wasn't planned ahead of time. That's awesome. And you and then right north of that, so the Hollywood Forever Cemetery is like basically shares the same city block with Paramount Studios. So then I walked just around the corner. But you might recognize this more than I even necessarily did because you're more into the music, Johnny Ramone. <laughs> nice. But uh, just a really, really cool setup and just yeah, know, with, that's the, with the pond there and everything. And again, I'm horrible with music. I don't even want to let on how embarrassingly <laughs> uh, shallow my music knowledge is. But I thought you'd appreciate that. So I really wanted to catch a look at the Hollywood sign. Obviously, it's iconic. But like the so I was the first few days right. I was there, rain and fog. So. Every oh, time anybody heard I was from out of town, they're like, oh, yeah, it never rains like this. So, like, basically, if I picked the three worst days to go to Los Angeles, it was the three days when I first got there. <laughs> and I was walking around with an umbrella. And you don't want to just sit in your Airbnb all day. You want to actually go see the sights, even if you have an umbrella. But so on, like, the second day, I was out and about with my feet soaked for, like, eight hours straight. Like, oh, man. not just out for eight hours, but wet feet for eight hours. Right. And I'm just cringing even remembering oh, yeah. that. Like, I just hate that so much. <laughs> and, like, I'm almost like, you know, and I get paranoid, too. Or, like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to develop, like, a medical problem. It's like, you know, in Vietnam, they said to keep your feet dry, yeah, whatever yeah. else you do. And here I am yeah. spending half a day with my feet just soaked. and Yeah, getting jungle boot in L.A. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's what it's called. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I got home and... Of course, I only brought one pair of shoes because I always try to pack light and never check a bag. And, you know, here I am complaining about my trip to Los Angeles. But it uh, <laughs> that that day wasn't great because I just spent a lot of time, you know, standing, waiting for buses, holding an umbrella with wet feet. And that's something in general that as glamorous as it may seem when you see trips or pictures from other people's trips and travels around wherever. It's like you don't realize how much time on a trip is sat is sat just waiting in an airport, waiting at a train station or a bus station or sitting on a bus or a train or a plane. And just, it's right. it's not fun. <laughs> it's yeah, basically no. <laughs> just like the price of admission to do all these other things is like, I hate flying. I hate driving, but I want to go to other places. And that's how to get there until until we can use a, you know, transporting boombox to just right. take, take us <laughs> yeah. any, anywhere, anytime. But anyway, on my fourth day, the sun finally came out, and here's the picture. There's the picture you see there of me in the park with the Hollywood sign finally showing out through the through the clouds there. And then I was trying to see. Here's where Google Google Maps kind of screwed me here because I was like, oh, okay, so you have this whole big Griffith Park area uh, on the north east side of Hollywood there, and that's where the observatory okay. is, and it's this giant park and the Hollywood Hills, and it's just, you know this big area. So I was like, oh, I wonder if I could go from this park with the Hollywood sign and then i'll walk over to the observatory knowing that it might be like over an hour like it's a, it's a long walk but i'll just kind of hike through the park and it'll all work out and so i plugged right. it into google it said sure here's a couple different paths that'll get you there it was wrong so oh, no. i basically ended up walking just like mostly a residential area which so in like the hollywood <laughs> hills so it's like nice houses but no buses, nothing interesting to see because the houses weren't even like that that nice. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they're million dollar homes because of where they were, but it wasn't like right. they were the homes of the stars kind of thing necessarily. Right. But right. anyway, and then by the time I 
was like, okay, fine, I'll just get an Uber or get on a bus. I basically walked back into town and then just got a bus and then we taken an Uber back up to Griffith Park. And it's like, it was kind of a mess. And Griffith Park was actually one of the most crowded touristy areas that I had, that I saw the whole time. And it was still fine, but I also didn't want to pay to go inside because there was like a school tour group getting ready to go and... I didn't really right. know how the mission went, and it was going to be crowded. And anyway, it was right. just kind of cool being there because the other movie I don't know if you've seen is Rebel Without a Cause. Okay, no, I haven't seen that with with James Dean. I, and I, I it's mm-hmm. been a while since I've seen it, but it has I think it's like a famous fight scene or something that's up at the Griffith Observatory there and La La Land. They danced around there too, I think. So as I was leaving Griffith Park, I finally found the trail I should have taken on the way up. And so anybody listening who wants to hike to Griffith Park. Start over by AFI, the American Film Institute, and there's like a little park there. And then that has like a, oh, I forget if it's a quarter mile, half mile, or how long it was. But there's a perfect hiking trail up to the observatory from there that I didn't find until I was leaving and ended up leaving by that trail. But I think there's multiple, too. Basically, I was just on the wrong side of all the houses at that Hollywood Park area. So it was kind of way more separated and... I don't know what Google was thinking. Like it, it couldn't even keep up with like the GPS, or it thought routes were going through the park that didn't exist, or like there's going to be like a big right. fence, and it was very lost. Man, and I remember you uh, had texted me asking about uh, that luggage app. Did you ever figure anything out with that? Or uh, yes, so yes, that worked. That worked really well because what it never really happens on every trip is you got your your time you always have to check out in the morning of your hotel or airbnb or wherever you're staying but then you don't always have your next phase of transportation set up until that afternoon or evening and it just seems like a common problem that a lot of people have so what i think you found in in philadelphia and it worked here again in la is there are baggage holding sites and the one i did use and i think it was the same one we used last summer was called bag bnb so yes yeah that sounds familiar i think that is it so basically just like how people will put up their apartments for rent on airbnb on bag bnb if i if i basically have a business and i got some space in the back i can register my business as a drop-off point for bag bnb so this ended up being a laundromat and just a regular laundromat i walk in she's like what's up i'm like uh bag drop off like it just seems weird you're going to the laundromat to drop off your luggage and she's like oh, okay yep which service because it's kind of like people some people are uber and lyft drivers she was like bag bnb and some other site so mm. i just gave her like my confirmation number and signed my name and she put a little tag on my bag and took it to the back and honestly it was kind of sketchy if you <laughs> if, if it wasn't if you didn't have the projection of an established website and app right gotcha so just the fact that this place had reviews this site had reviews and you know what i got my bag back and it was like six bucks to leave it there for a few hours and right. it's even actually it was even daily i i feel like maybe we did hourly last summer but this was yeah. six dollars for the whole day so if i had dropped it off even earlier and picked it up even earlier it still just would have been six dollars for one bag for the day and that's definitely worth it definitely worth it when you just think how much mobility that bought me like again i wouldn't been able right. to go hiking around the hollywood hills and griffith park area if i hadn't of dropped my bag off it would have just been even right. more miserable than it was getting lost as i did right <laughs> yeah yeah i got that same like i don't know it was weird in in philadelphia because it was like that little cafe or whatever and then you just took the bags into like this it was downstairs even. area yeah downstairs yeah i got that same kind of like sketchy vibe but then yeah like it's all through an app. Like, it, I guess it's pretty secure. 
I know in Chicago, you can leave your stuff at, I think it's the National History Museum, which just, it's, by, I mean, it's kind of on a technicality because you can't bring your bag into the museum. The museum has a checkoff point, but there's nothing to say uh, you have to then stay in the museum. So you gotcha. could go and pay a couple bucks to drop your bag off there and then just leave the museum. Right. So it ends being kind of de facto luggage luggage drop area that is more legit because it's a public museum versus just some guy who owns a coffee shop, like you're saying, or, right, or a laundromat right. that yeah. makes it seem a little uh, a little odd. But again, Airbnb is odd if you think about like you're just gonna sleep in my spare bedroom and we've never met. Yeah, yeah, it is. So yeah, it's, it's I guess what do they call that? It's just like the service uh, service economy. That's what it, it just kind of everything is yeah. is is online and what we can do for each other to help each other out. And there is kind of this inherent trust that goes into it. But that's actually kind of neat in a way, as long as you're smart and responsible and you know look out for yourself. There's you can take advantage of some pretty neat things. One thing I want to mention here with the I ended up kind of in the on Hollywood Boulevard three different times just for different things. So. Just between the weather and stuff to do there and it kind of being a good place to catch the metro system, which we can talk about too because it's definitely different in Los Angeles. Right. So this picture here, this is a shopping mall area on Hollywood Boulevard. So this is like right next door to the famous like Chinese theater where they have all the 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 footprints and everything in the concrete. Okay, right. And... So it's it's actually very similar to the Kansas City Legends area if you've been up there. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, there's even like a uh, you can even see like a Dave and Buster's over here in the corner. So what's interesting, it wasn't until basically my last day there when I was actually getting ready to go from here to get my rental car that I realized, oh wait, this is where the Oscars are. So you have oh. the, so this is this picture here. This is facing north, and when it's not foggy, you actually see like the Hollywood sign up like back here in the distance but it was too foggy until like the last day so the chinese theater is over a ways kind of on the other part of this it goes inside there's like a mall area the chinese theater is kind of another outside next to that and then inside there was this place called the dolby theater and it said something about beyond the oscars some tour i'm like well what's that whatever didn't cross my mind that the oscars are held at a shopping mall wow no same i never would have thought that so it didn't even occur to me that i could have toured the actual venue where they host yeah. the oscars because didn't cross my mind that it was here until it was kind of too late to do anything about it so hollywood boulevard is kind of gross it's i mean it's got the you know you got the, the stars the walk of fame and all that but mm-hmm. it's also just covered in homeless people and cigarette butts like wow that's what this street is and so right. for the oscars all they're doing is putting down a red carpet on a like right right you know they put a red carpet over the stars here on this kind of sleazy street honestly sleazy touristy area and they cover it with right. a, it basically block off the whole street with one giant red carpet put in the canopies and then have the stars pull up in limos and we can plant pretend this area is fancy it's at a shopping mall wow and it just never even occurred to me right and, and the stars uh, the Hollywood stars they go on forever like miles and miles so wow. it's almost like I always kind of thought like they just replace people. Like, so if someone, you know, when you get your star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I thought they'd have to replace somebody from like the 20s who no one remembered right. anymore. And uh, right. no, there, it actually goes on for like so many miles that there's there's still blank ones. 
And that's crazy. And this, I thought, kind of summed up what Hollywood Boulevard is really more about. Just kind of a picture of a broken star on a broken slab of asphalt in the middle of the. That kind of, I think, sums up the feel of Hollywood, oh, yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard, what it actually is. It's just kind of this dirty, touristy place. Yeah. And uh, I compared it to maybe like Fisher, <laughs> Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco, where, yes, it's a popular area to go, there is some cool stuff to see there. But it's not the best area, and it's kind of right. just kind of eye opening, right? And so what was interesting there too, and we're gonna we'll, uh, we're gonna come back to this because it's gonna tie into talking about movies and talking about uh, workout. Actually, you know what? No, let's uh, let's keep going with uh, on down to San Diego here, and uh, when we sh- I want to do want to shift gears to movies and workouts again, but that's gonna come back to the time in Hollywood here because I, I got a, another another story that'll tie into both those things perfectly. Gotcha. Nice. Anyway, so. Yeah, and I went, you know, I went to the Getty Museum and stuff, but it, it was also on kind of a rainy day, and and that was neat. But I'm not, I'm still just not great with museums. I I do still like kind of going to them, but I don't know. I feel like I get bored fairly quick. When your feet uh, are wet, that also doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. Anyway, so I went down to San Diego. Sorry, it wasn't even all the way down. San, it was actually, Carlsbad. So it was about two hours south of LA, and actually still about 30, 45 minutes north of San Diego. So this is this is my buddy's. Oh, I don't know what you call it. Duplex. It's not a condo exactly, but uh, the apartment or whatever. He lives in like this. Is, nice. looks like that's four units there. He lives in one of those, and like this is facing facing the beach there. So there, this is a picture from his porch with, with the ocean right sweet. there. Like this is actually my. This is actually Matt here getting ready to go run, and uh, I'm standing on the porch taking a picture. Yeah, that's beautiful. So so yeah, really really cool. Just the fact that he can see his ocean, uh, see the his ocean. Yeah, is his ocean. <laughs> yeah. he can see the ocean from from his front door there. So very cool. And uh, you know, I I I probably see Matt, you know, once once a year on average. But it's just kind of nice to get get to stay with him and catch up. And yeah, awesome. You know, getting, getting to go on a run with my old college buddy. Ran ran yeah. ran barefoot on the on the beach there. So that was fun. And just, just walk around playing with the camera and really didn't have a big agenda down here in Carlsbad. So this is the same place that I ran. I ran the half marathon here in uh, 2016. So three years ago, I stayed out with Matt and the, the mar- half marathon and marathon there actually runs right along the street in front of his house. So ser- oh. like seriously, just from his front porch, you can watch a whole half marathon go by and it's a pretty big event. And just obviously getting to run a half marathon where you're basically running out and back with the ocean on 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 the side there yeah. is a pretty pretty cool experience. Really didn't have much else. We just kind of hung out. You know, they took me some good took me to some good places to eat, and we watched the. It was actually the weekend of the AFC and NFC Championship games that both went into overtime. So got to watch those with Matt and listen to him get mad when the Chiefs didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I uh, awesome. I, I didn't mind so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, again, and honestly, just kind of playing with my camera. This is probably my favorite one. I just kind of oh looked, wow! I just lucked yeah. out perfectly with. I was I was getting ready to take the shot, and the boys like walk into where I was getting ready to take, ready to take a picture, and I was like, "Oh come on, guys! Really? I'm trying to take this picture." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> never mind. Thank you, boys. Yeah. <laughs> they give me these perfect silhouettes of two boys fishing with palm trees and the sunset in the back. So I I, I kind of thought that was that was neat." And uh, and obviously, I hate to talk about you know necessarily pictures on a audio podcast, but if you do go to my website, you can find the links, all the pictures that we're talking about here, and uh, take a look. I'm I'm still trying to get more and more with the more and more into the photography thing, and I'm debating right now if I want to drop a bunch of money to upgrade my camera, and not sure if I can justify that as a amateur, but 
I really want the better camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, it's all fine. So after a few days with Matt, I drove back up. So I still had the rental car and basically drove on the one, which is kind of a famous highway in California. Because so instead of the interstate, that's obviously, well, I say obviously, it's not always faster because it's often bumper to bumper traffic. Uh, right. And coming to a stop, and then you kind of go again up to like 30 miles an hour, and then it comes back to a stop. But it actually is not that bad if you are expecting it. Like, if you're not in a hurry, I think the interstate is actually less frustrating than when you try to go off onto the side roads. And, you know, then you're playing all the turns and stop signs and residential areas. It's almost less right. stressful just to be on the freeway, and you can either move or not move, and there's nowhere else to go, and it's fine. Right. <laughs> uh, and actually, because everyone's in the same boat, they're actually really good about letting you on and off. So like changing lanes, even though it's bumper to bumper, not an issue because everyone's in the same boat and they're not being jerks about it. So, right. oh, you need over here? That's Fine, nice. I'll let you over here. And then I'm going yeah. to get over when I need to get over. And everybody's kind of looking out for each other. And I feel like it's more. it was way more stressful when I end up kind of taking uh, side roads, try to, you know, cut time off. But then you're taking an exit and, going, and it, it was a pain. Anyway. Going north, I took the one. It was fine too, but it's it basically just an older highway, not an interstate that goes right next to the ocean for long stretches of time. So kind of like Matt's house there, you you can kind of just kind of see the ocean most of the time you're on the one. Right. And it's a slower right. speed limit. Like I think it, you know, it's, it's 30 miles an hour through a lot of little small towns. So like here's Venice Beach that the one go, kind of goes right by. Nice. And I, I did make sure I, I, I went down to the, the Muscle Beach part of it and oh, nice. <laughs> so that, now, the, the famous kind of gym is actually like a membership thing, but they did have like a little dirt area with some basic equipment set up, kind of park style. So even though I was in my jeans and stuff, I did go and do a couple pull-ups at uh, Muscle Beach just, you know, because. Yeah. And, <laughs> Sweet. And, 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 and stopped there and ate lunch, and it was definitely a crowded area, but it, it kind of had a neat vibe and, you know, touristy without seeming as dirty as Hollywood Boulevard, even though, you know, it definitely wasn't, you know. I don't know. I mean, here's, so here's just like some guys putting on a, a show and, you know, probably had the hats set up and they were just kind of brought some kids in to help them do dance moves and just just kind of a cool vibe at Venice Beach, especially as touristy awesome. areas go. Right. So basically just took my time. Honestly, it took basically nine hours going up from Carlsbad along the coast up toward uh, Santa Barbara which is basically east of L.A. along the coast there. You think about California kind of has that little curve out, goes kind of north and curves out west a little bit before you yeah. kind of hit the coast up towards San Francisco. So Santa Barbara's mm-hmm. kind of on, on that curve on kind of the okay. south end of a east-west stretch of land, I guess, along the coast there. Anyway, so what's funny is and another thing I didn't know until I had booked the trip was my mom's first cousin had just moved out to Santa Barbara from Pennsylvania like three weeks before I went out there. And so when I had booked everything, I don't think they'd even moved there yet. So just kind of need to get a visit with her and her husband and and meet meet their kids. And they're both college professors. So that was really cool too, just to kind of you know, get to have conversations with college professors when you don't yeah. have any, don't have any assignments <laughs> due or anything to talk about. Just, yeah. kind of just, just uh, pick their brains and tell them about life in Kansas, <laughs> which, nice. which yeah. neither of them had much experience with. And even just being in a kind of firmly red state was an experience that they're not familiar with, and where you oh, know, wow. were, were, had you know questions to try to get their <laughs> their heads around. Uh, what are we, what are we thinking here in Kansas sometimes? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that having having people to uh to stay with and visit with on travels is definitely uh yeah definitely a pretty sweet gig. 
makes things easier for sure. Yeah. So what I what I did was I'd actually so I'd already booked my Airbnbs before I realized they were out there. So I had two nights in the Thousand Oaks area, which is kind of between Santa Barbara and LA. And so I went ahead and checked in to the that Airbnb on my way to Santa Barbara and just told them I wasn't actually going to stay there that first night. And so I did pay for a room. I didn't stay in one night, but it gave me more time with uh, the cousins out there, which was which yeah. was uh, worthwhile. Nice. Uh, so this is Santa Barbara. And again, there's, there's some of these towns. I, I kind of use Lawrence, Kansas, honestly, as my standard for these smallish towns. So not like a tiny town like Cheney, but... Also not a big city. So there's these towns right. that plenty of people live there. They're college towns. They just kind of have the, you know, they have lots of shops, but kind of still a small vibe. And and that's kind of what Santa Barbara was. I guess I always pictured Santa Barbara as like big city, but it had more of a... Yeah, me too. It always had more of a Lawrence, Kansas on the beach kind of feel. Oh, cool. Okay. I got you. And so I, so I worked my way back to toward LA and then both my dad's parents are actually buried out in LA. And oh wow! So my so my dad my dad was born in California and grew up in LA, and so you can see both his parents' uh, gravestones there. So that was just kind of a neat experience too, because I don't think I'd been to either one of these sites, and obviously I'd never met my grandma here. She died, you know, well before I was born, and and Grandpa lived out in LA, and I think I met him twice, and he died when I was like seven or not even quite seven, and right. So just just kind of neat to just to be I don't know just to kind of I guess their final resting spots right I mean I, I it, it's it's yeah. it's it's a history thing that you know when I talk about you know go to these sites where certain historical events happened well there's also something about going where it's not a historical event but it's where your ancestors were laid to rest right that's just, right that I think there's there's a there's a power to to visiting those those areas I think and yeah yeah I agree. Especially one so immediate. Like I've even got that you get that vibe a little bit when it's like, Oh, it's like your great 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 grandpa that you know, I visited down in Texas, you know, ten years right. ago and it's like, <laughs> Hey, that's cool. It's but it's 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 just a it's a Simmons tombstone. He died in like nineteen oh three and that's kinda <laughs> cool in its own way, but this is different. It's like these are my dad's parents. Yeah. So like, you know, people he knew quite well, even if I right. if you know if I didn't really have a relationship with either of them. Right. And that was basically it as far as the trip. I'm, I'm sure I left out some things. And the two things I wanted to talk about first, okay, and I thought it'd be cool because I know something that's something that a lot of podcasts have that I think is a nice touch is top five lists. And obviously, I didn't give you time to prep anything here, so I came up with my own little top right. five list. But I think maybe in the future cool. we could always just kind of pick a topic and come up with a top a top five list. Yeah. So yeah. before we move on from my LA trip specifically, I came with the my the top five things that I was like, oh, shoot, I should have done that on this trip. Oh. <laughs> so the, the top five, I guess, uh, L.A. regrets. And I'm sure there's bigger stuff that I missed. This I didn't even research this. Like, basically, before we logged on to Skype here, I just kind of took pen to, pen to paper here real quick and, and jotted these down. So uh, number five was the Hollywood Bowl, which is something, obviously, I've heard of. It's kind of this big music venue just north of Hollywood. And I think they've had big, famous concerts there and something. I'm not super familiar, but it's kind of iconic with those kind of concentric concrete arches. Actually, I'll pull up a picture here of the Hollywood Bowl for you. Right. So you've probably seen that before, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 I've seen that before. So I was basically just a few blocks from that. When you're on Hollywood Boulevard, I think this is just north. And it just didn't oh, okay. pop up in any of my research. And I don't know. If, I probably wouldn't be able to pick a concert there or see a concert there or anything. But I, I, I would have at least tried to maybe check it out. And right. 
No, number four is obviously the Oscar Dolby, Dolby Theater where the Oscars are. I, I'm yeah. really mad about that one because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big movie fan. I always watch the Oscars and I could have literally turned the theater and didn't realize until it was too late. <laughs> so kind of, kind of bummed about that one. Brutal. Yeah. Number three is Hearst Castle, which I've heard of, but I didn't really ever research where it was. I guess it's actually just north of Santa Barbara. So my cousin was mentioning it okay. as, a, as a place they said like, oh, you need to come back. You need to check out uh, Hearst Castle. So, are you familiar with the Nerdist podcast? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so Chris Hardwick. So, mm-hmm. funny kind of story here. So, he married Lydia Hurst, whose, like, great-great-grandpa was William Randolph Hurst, who supposedly, and I think even less than supposedly, the movie Citizen Kane, like the famous yeah. movie from the 40s by right. Orson Welles, I guess right. is, is, I guess, not so loosely based on William Randolph Hearst to the point that I think he may have even, like, tried to sue Orson Welles and stuff. And, wow. And so there's the, then the famous house in Citizen Kane is Xanadu, and I think it's based off of Hearst Castle. Oh. So he was basically, I think, like a big uh, newspaper magnate, you know, like 100 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, here we go. So we're even on the Wikipedia page for Hearst Castle, and it mentions... Hearst, his castle and lifestyle were satirized by Orson Welles in his 1941 film Citizen oh, wow. Kane. So, I guess this is not too far north of Santa Barbara, and so they mentioned I need to come back and make sure I go check this out. And I guess if I realized I was in the area, I might have actually made a point to try to go up and visit yeah. uh, Hearst Castle there. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. It's kind of funny, too, if you listen to The Nerdist, because Chris married a Hearst. He'll kind of he'll he'll uh, joke every now and then if anyone brings it up that he's like Orson Welles is a hack and he's uh, <laughs> uh, just talking smack on on Orson Welles because of the Hearst right. connection. <laughs> Number two was just all the food and restaurants I really didn't take advantage of. I mean, I'd, I'd made a point of not just I mean I didn't eat at like Subway or anything like that. I tried to go to local places, but I didn't research it a lot as far as where the best places to eat in LA were and those kinds of things. I kind of just pulled out my phone, saw what was close that had good reviews and went to one or two places that were recommended. But I, you know, LA is famous for its food scene and I definitely did not take advantage of that. Mm. And then my number one regret is Universal Studios. So Paramount Studios was right by where I was staying in Hollywood. I guess all the other major studios like Warner Brothers, Universal, a lot of them are kind of further north of town on the other side of Griffith Park there. And I didn't really bother going to any of them. And in my mind, Universal Studios was similar like to the one in Florida where it's kind of, you know, it's a theme park. Probably would have been more Mm -hmm. fun to go with other people. But it didn't occur to me until I got back and I'm still not 100% that it's basically both. So like Paramount Studios was just a... TV and film lot with, you know, sets where they, you know, your sound stages and they film stuff there still. And, you know, they decorate the big sound stage for whatever show is going on. So I guess Universal Studios is both. It's that for Universal Projects plus a theme park. Plus. So when I went on the Paramount Studios tour, it was honestly kind of boring. There's just not Mm. a lot to see. So I think Universal maybe has the sound stages plus then a theme park with rides and stuff worked into the whole thing. Gotcha. Or maybe it is just separate. So I'm kind of confused. And, and I guess that since I've been to Disney down in Orlando and Disneyland in L.A. when I was a kid, I didn't mm-hmm. feel it was super important to go to Universal Studios. But I think I probably missed out because I haven't been to the one in Orlando either. So I think I probably do need to check out 
Universal Studios and kind of bummed I didn't make a point to do it. Although I think that's one specifically would probably be more fun to actually have a group to go with or whatever. Right. So questions, comments, or concerns before I move on to the next topic? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think so, man. It looks like a fun trip. Uh, I met some, me and my roommate met some guys from uh, California through uh, like just like online gaming. Uh, We played PUBG. PUBG on our phones and we played a couple matches with them and just like similar just sense of humor and just got along with them so we all added each other on Snapchat oh, and nice, now we nice. snap we've been snapping like every day for a few months but uh I think my roommate and I are going to try to ride down there on our motorcycles at some point and stay with those dudes so right and again that cuts your cost down so much if you have a place to stay basically it's like oh, the, yeah. the cost to get in there and then the cost to stay in there are all usually the two biggest costs so yeah, they said they live right in between uh, San Diego and L.A., so it's like perfect. They're like an hour and a half away from each or something like that. So Okay, nice. So probably just north of Carlsbad then, if I had to guess. Yeah, I, yeah. they live next they, – uh, they live – he said they were within a mile of the uh, marine base. Yeah, okay, I think that's just north of Carlsbad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think I drove nice. kind of through that or around – not through it, but I think I drove kind of around that. If anything, that might, be, that might be even where the one leaves the ocean is to go around the base there. And I don't remember seeing like oh. the big signs. That's, is it Pendleton that's down there maybe even? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Couldn't think of the name. Nice. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So they're probably around in that area. Yeah. So I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to having locals. <laughs> like True. True. All right. There's yeah. no matter how many guidebooks you look at or websites you look at. The, you know, the locals are always going to have the the best inside info and just yeah. how all the little things work. I mean, here's like one little thing that, again, you just never know. And I, a Google search doesn't even necessarily pull it up. So if you go to the Getty Museum, which is kind of on the west side of L.A. there, you try to even my Uber guy got confused because when you plug in the Getty Museum, it tries to take you to the actual physical museum. But you can't park at the museum you have to take this little uh, tram that they have set up about, oh, I don't even know. It's probably not even a mile, but it's about, it's say, you know, five minutes north of the museum. So you have to park there, whether you get there by bus or Uber or drive yourself. And then you get on the free little shuttle tram thing to go to the actual museum. Well, Google can't make heads or tails of that because it's trying to get you to the actual right. physical museum. To the museum. So you need to actually like go to the museum parking lot. Which I saw that as an option, as like a common thing people search because, you know, Google kind of prioritizes what people search. Right. I was like, why is it tum- – why the parking lot? Just go to the museum. Oh, yeah. that's why. So <laughs> if you're trying to go to the Getty, you have to go to the parking lot and then take the tram to the museum. But again, I guess it seems like an <laughs> obvious little thing, but it's just you don't know until you're there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So transitioning into movies and workout. We're gonna talk. Right. We're gonna end here by talking because I still want to keep this under an hour if possible. Cool. Yeah. I want to talk about the movie Free Solo that just won the okay. Oscar for Best Documentary. Have you heard of that? Okay. Yep. Yeah. About the uh, the free climbing. Yes. About yeah, Alex. Yeah. Alex here. Which one? How crazy that? See, so look at Alex's Wikipedia page here. Yeah. Occupation: professional rock climbing. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, just imagine you're you're so good at something that's. Like it's a hobby. I I I, I, right. I, I try to even think <laughs> yeah. what's the. I'm trying to even think of an equivalent. I mean, it's you would say like rock star, but like I can get my head around rock stars. There's more rock stars than professional climbers, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. 
I don't know. It'd be like, yeah, like I don't know. It'd be like pro- professional card professional shuffler. Professional Yes, honestly. Yes, yeah. I'm gonna say origami is probably a good comp. That it's so niche and kind of a hobby, and people enjoy it. But who does it for a living? Right. <laughs> right. This guy. So so I wanted to go see a movie at the Chinese theater. And here's another thing where I was kind of confused. So it was the famous Chinese theater with the like the Chinese decorations out front. But it's kind of a standalone, just one screen. Oh, yeah. But then when you're, again, you're at this shopping mall, there's still the Chinese theaters in the mall, but they actually have more of like a six, just six screen theater in, in the mall mm. itself. And then this one kind of stands alone. But again, okay. I didn't know okay. that. So I'm trying to book a right. show, and I was getting really confused online, online about what was showing and what wasn't. So I almost kind of accidentally just went to a movie the day before at the mall, and just kind of as I was, asking about getting onto the tour into the Chinese theater itself. The guy's like, well, that's actually kind of boring. If you don't want to watch, if you want to watch a movie at the, here, I can, I can sell you a ticket to that. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I want to do that. And it was free solo. The documentary was showing, was the, it's only one screen. So the movie showing at the IMAX, that is the Chinese theater was free solo. And so I get my ticket, go into get seated about half an hour beforehand. So I'm just kind of checking out the lobby and about run into Helen Hunt, the actress who oh, wow. I, I don't know if you know uh, her, but uh, yeah, yeah. So Oscar Oscar winning actress for as good as it gets and was on Mad About You, and I basically about ran into her in the lobby and she was kind of like showing a couple friends around. Uh, so that was cool. And then yeah, that's and then, awesome. And then like in the, then the when we go to the, in the theater that is hundreds of seats, but to, when we actually came down to the movie, there was only like twenty of us watching Free Solo. So me and Helen Hunt and 18 other people. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this might be it here. So basically, if it's, if it's something like this, like basically like I'm sitting here in the center and kind of in the back section here, and Helen's like two rows ahead and eight seats over. And, you know, sitting next wow. to her friends that she had shows, like when there's like funny parts of the movie, I'm hearing Helen Hunt laugh. And <laughs> it's just kind of funny uh, wow. when it yeah. then ends up winning best documentary. And she probably voted for it. I was there when she watched it. <laughs> Right, <laughs> that's awesome. And then the tour that's group, sweet. and then the tour group that kind of they so during like before preview previews started and during the previews, the tour group kind of walked through just to check out the theater because you can see it has this really cool ceiling, and it's you know pretty historic. I, you know, it's, I think it's over a hundred years old and just kind of this cool iconic theater. And I just thought it was funny that this tour group looking at the theater, seeing the people there waiting to watch the movie. Didn't notice that one of them was an Oscar-winning actress. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that was one thing that surprised me about uh, New York was like for the amount of like people that live there that are like famous that I didn't see anybody that I noticed, anyways. Which is interesting because then when I went uh, like four years ago or whenever, yeah, it was like four years ago, I saw Joe Biden and Louis C.K. In, yeah, Louis in, C. K. in New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember you, you texted me. You're like, I could have plucked the cigarette out of Lucy yes, King's yes. mouth. Yes, <laughs> yes, I want close enough to flick the cigarette out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I should have flicked something else, but... Yeah. <laughs> be like, no! Burn! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the movie itself. So, are you are you familiar with... Uh, how familiar are you with, like, Free Solo, I guess, and what, what he did? Uh, I remember seeing him on... It was, like, Good Morning America or something, like... Like a long time ago when he first was gaining popularity. 
so I knew who he was and I know what he does. But uh, as far as the documentary goes, I haven't seen it or anything, and I don't know any specific themes. Okay, so you're you're uh, you were probably way more familiar than me coming in. I hadn't really heard of the guy. It didn't occur to me that there were professional rock climbers even necessarily. (laughs) But I guess it makes sense if you're in that world and you're getting endorsement deals and you're getting on the cover of their magazines, you're going to be able to make a living of that. And you're you're basically selling the stuff to people who want to do this kind of thing. But so free soloing refers to climbing without gear at all. So you think of like rock climbers having like the ropes and they kind of do have their anchor points with the little carabiners and they kind of slowly work their way up and you you hammer in a hold and you, you hook your rope onto it so that if you fall, the rope catches you. So free soloing refers to, yeah, no ropes, no clips. The guy just climbs these sheer faces and all he's got is like a bag of chalk on his back to kind of basically powder up his hands if they get sweaty. And that's it. You just climb and El Capitan was kind of basically no people have free solo stuff. This guy's been free soloing all over the world, but El Capitan is one that no one had ever free soloed because it's too ridiculously dangerous. Like it's like I can't even find the right angle here. Like not only is it like climbing up a sheer face like wall perpendicular to the ground, there's actually an outcropping at the top where it's it's going back away from the wall. So you're going you're climbing, I don't even know how to explain it. Like you have like a negative an incline. You're climbing out and around uh to go up. That makes my feet like the bottom of my feet tingle. Like yeah. like when you're like when I'm watching those like parkour videos, people walking on the edge of skyscrapers. It's like, oh it makes my feet tingle. Just thinking about what that guy's doing. So yeah, so or or like here, like here's a picture of him basically going, there's like a crack in the wall, and he's just wedging himself up into the crack yeah. and basically just going one foothold, one handhold at a time as he slowly works himself up. But he talks about like this is the kind of stuff he says is easy and he finds relaxing almost. But again, he falls, he dies. Yeah, I think statistically he should not be alive. <laughs> <laughs> like one slip up and you're dead. Yeah, so I guess they kind of talk about that. Like over the decades, there's been, you know, the big names and free soloing and basically all the Michael Jordans of free soloing over the decades have basically all died. At some point... <sighs> You hit that point in your career where, oops, you fall and you die. And so it's just kind of fascinating, you know, seeing this guy and he's, you'd probably argue he's a little bit Asperger-y in, in mm-hmm. the sense that he's just super chill all the time and kind of doesn't necessarily get that we get emotional. Right. right. <laughs> but he does still talk about how he very much does not want to die. He has no death wish. He 100% wants to live. And basically, he just practices to the point that he's 99.99% sure he's going to do this, no problem. He doesn't mm-hmm. attempt it if he's not 99.99% sure. So okay. for him, it's not as high risk as it seems on the surface. Gotcha. Y- yes, the, the consequence of a mistake is death, but mistakes are very unlikely. Right. But this one is still... He's the only one that's ever done it because it is still that risky and that hard to get to that confidence point. And there is one point where he basically they even call it like the boulder problem. Like all it's kind of neat. All the different points along the path have nicknames, like in you know just based on how you have to navigate them and stuff. So there's this one point where he had to kind of have a delicate hold, you know, with just a few fingers or whatever, and then swing his leg up karate kick style to plant it on another rock across the way, you know, about three feet away and get his foot up on it mm-hmm. before they're moving over with his hands and just crazy stuff. And then just how the film crew had to basically acknowledge that, hey, this is our friend. Because they were the, the filmmakers were fellow climbers and filmmakers. 
who were mm. you know personal friends of his who wanted right. to kind of do this project when he knew it was a goal of his, but wanted to do it in such a way that they wouldn't distract him or make him feel pressure to do it. Like, well, I got to climb. Right. They're filming me. It's like, no, no, you do what you got to do. We'll film it if you happen to do it. Mm-hmm. Nice. And But then also just though acknowledging that, and just imagine the stress that you know there's a non-zero chance that you're going to film your friend's death. Right. Ugh. And just them being in that situation. I mean, so it was just kind of fascinating from that standpoint. And obviously, I didn't see any of the other yeah. nominees, but it was cool to see this this win, you know, on the IMAX screen, watching it with Helen Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> but then I want to segue that into finishing up with talking about working out. So I've always, okay. uh, I've always, the last few years, have kind of just really focused on humans as animals when it comes to working out just kind of just seeing us Mm -hmm. as we shouldn't be sitting around doing nothing all day but we also don't necessarily need to go and bench press or squat with heavy weight on your back you can just go out and just be an animal in the world so climb walk run and just kind of challenge yourself that way so like this uh alex here he's ripped so they show him like doing pull-ups on a little thing he's got set up on the side of his van. He can basically, you know, do do fingertip pull-ups with, you know, his legs pointed, you know, perpendicular out yeah. and just and he's just wow. shredded with nothing but body weight climbing. Right. But but it's 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 the consistency. If you just think about basically right. darn near every day, he's supporting his own body weight and climbing. Yeah. And it's his job. <laughs> he's just shredded. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that was a neat approach then to working out. And then as I'm in track season here Definitely. and it's going to be harder for me to get in the weight room, I've tried to maybe if I go if I go on a walk during the day or after practice, walk by one of the parks here in town that has the little jungle gym things and just go up and hang on for a while or kind of do not just pull-ups but because pull-ups are, are fairly easy. But climbing or the, the – uh, what do you call it? Like the jungle gym bars where you go from like one to the next and you kind of walk your way – with your hands, right? That's right. tough. Monkey, monkey bars. Yeah, the monkey bar thing. That's tough, especially for adults. And yeah. it's a completely different kind of thing. Like you do that. I mean, just that's tough. And so I haven't done it as often as I would have liked. But maybe here after we get done talking, I can walk down and uh, go get uh, yeah. go get on the monkey bars a little bit. Yeah, but <laughs> I think there's something to that, and that's a neglected kind of workout in yeah, in uh, in modern society when we just try to think about getting fit. It's like Go go play on a grade school play, playground. If yeah. You're not going to tear up the equipment. It's uh, yeah. kids are kids are all so strong compared to their body weight, and we just lose that by not keeping up with it. Yeah, I was definitely a tree climber as a kid, and I, I kind of took that with me too. Like I, I still love to like climb trees whenever I can. Nice. Like when it's when it's not weird, you know. It's hard to do as a 22 year old and, and not get looked at weird. Right. And yeah, when you were a teenager, the, the whole weird factor didn't necessarily bother you. And you would just kind of climb things anyway, I guess. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Can't just go to the park and start climbing trees. Yeah, it's tough. But uh, that's the workout advice I'd want to leave everybody with is uh, be, be be an animal out in the wild. And I don't mean like, you know, be, uh, be an animal, go crazy or just be wild. Right. It's, like, it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> just be a living creature out in environments that challenge you. And yeah. I think there's an athletic benefit and health benefit to that that is sorely underrated that I think we could all do all do better at. Just walk Definitely. more, use your body weight more in various things, put mm-hmm. yourself in 
safe but uncomfortable positions you know you know we've you know, talked about yeah, yoga just everything. not being just physically stagnant yes don't don't be stagnant and don't and, and and don't feel like you're doing nothing if you don't get to the gym you can just you know go out and take a walk and you know stop and do some push-ups or bench dips or just just even push mm. up against the wall and just you know just you use, use your body in the world and your yeah. body will get more fit <laughs> Yeah, like I I understand that it's hard to make time, but there's there's little ways that you can sneak that stuff in that's that's uh, mm-hmm. beneficial. Definitely. Anything else? I really didn't have much else here for us today, but I feel like I talked a ton. So, have you seen a movie recently? What movies have you seen recently? Uh, Pan's Labyrinth. I just watched actually for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah, and that was I love it's a Del Toro. Yeah, film, Guillermo Del Toro. Yeah. And I love his uh, his costumes that he does for his for his creatures and all of his like the Hellboy films yes. too. The costumes were amazing, and for Pan's Labyrinth being uh, released in I believe two thousand six. Sounds about right. The CGI and the uh, the costumes just flow really well together. Like, and he probably does a lot of practical. Like, I feel like some of those yeah. creatures are actually like people in costumes and yeah, most yeah, of them are. Of the them only are, things. Yeah. The only th- I think the only things that were CGI were like the little fairies and yes, okay. And the guy and the guy gets and I think like the bad guy gets cut or something at the end. Yeah, and, and that might have yeah, been yeah with a, with a few other uh, yeah like bigger things. But but the the monsters like that dude with the that puts his eyeballs in his yes. hands and yes. walks around. Yeah, that's yeah that was a suspenseful scene. But yeah, it was a it was a great movie. I didn't mind uh, reading the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that's one I need to probably revisit. I think I saw it in the theater back when it came out, and I haven't oh, seen wow. it since. Oh wow! Yeah. And then, and I'm I'm ninety percent sure that the same actor, Doug Jones, plays the guy with the eyes in his hands, and then he was also the fish guy in Shape of Water that was Del Toro last year. Oh yeah. And then he's also yeah. Hellboy's like fish friend in Hellboy. It's yeah, the same actor. That, yeah, that's right. I remember reading an article about that on Reddit. That's right. Okay, because I kind of talk about he's a guy that you've seen, you've just never actually seen his face. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one. I haven't been watching as much since the Oscars have been over. I've been uh, trying to catch up on rewatching Game of Thrones heading into the last season here next month. Yeah. See, I've just kind of binge watched uh, Game of Thrones over the last like year and a half. So okay. I pretty got I got a still pretty fresh i got a, i had a way late start like i remember you telling me to watch it like a couple of years ago right it just took forever to get around to it but, but you're finally caught up and ready for the last season here oh yeah oh okay. yeah well we, we won't uh we won't talk into story details there because i i will say i hate being that guy who says like the thing i've watched most recently is the best but i tell you i grew up as like a star wars fan and the lord of the rings fan and mm. I've kind of gotten to the point where I think Game of Thrones is the best kind of fantasy, fictional, sci-fi, whatever. I know it's not sci-fi, but as far as combining fantasy and sci-fi into one thing, I think Game of Thrones has the most rich world of any of them. And the biggest thing, and I love Star Wars, but I feel like Star Wars has too much lost potential. And yes, I'm someone who kind of doesn't like the prequels and all that, but my issue with it is... I guess, again, just lost potential. It could have been so much better. There's so much depth and richness that could have been there. And the fact that it seems like they're improvising as they go makes the story weaker. And Game of Thrones 
just has this feeling of being planned from the beginning. If you go back and rewatch the first season after being caught up with everything, you're like, holy yeah, cow, it's all there. So, yeah. it, so the moment of Star Wars that's similar is in the first movie when Luke's Aunt Beru says to Uncle Owen, Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He has too much of his father in him. And Uncle Owen says, that's what I'm afraid of. And they did that not knowing he was going to get to do the second movie. And it's such a cool moment because it signals this much larger world that's already been developed and plotted. And you go back retroactively and that scene has that much more weight. But then Star Wars basically stops there. Those things don't carry over from the prequels or if they do they're shoehorning them in in a way that doesn't feel quite right you know Mm obi-wan talking about how or no or sorry when leia says years ago you served my father in the clone wars and then we go back and see the clone wars and we don't even see obi-wan kenobi and organa whatever his name is bail organa or whatever you don't see them even interact so where's the whole you served my father in the clone wars thing you could have used that and they just don't and it's it's just improvised and just it, it fails to meet its potential Whereas Game of Thrones, I just think, hits it and so much seems planned from the beginning yeah. in a way that I just am in awe of constantly, that they basically saw it coming from the beginning. And I don't know how much the show is going to deviate from the books, but Game of Thrones is amazing. And yeah. if you haven't seen it, you need to check it out. I'm actually redoing the audiobooks. I've read the books. I'm rewatching the show. I'm all about Game of Thrones now. Star Wars sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I always was stuck on a weird line between uh, fantasy and realism, like when it came to shows like uh, Game of Thrones. But it it's kind of like right on the line for me. Like it's perfect. Like if things got too fantasy oriented, I would just be, be uninterested. And but uh, with Game of Thrones, it's like all the characters are still uh, skeptical about everything, and that's I enjoy that. It just kind of like it makes it it makes it not so unbelievable you know yes it's, it's what they call the difference between high fantasy and low fantasy so high fantasy yeah. is everyone acknowledges these magical creatures and everything's full of magic and there's all these spells and wizards and creatures and it's everyone's just fully aware that all this stuff happens in the world and it's just magic 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 versus low fantasy is basically the real world with a few snippets of oh wait are there creatures oh wait mm-hmm. is there magic and right. I agree with you. I think that's w- a way cooler way to handle it. To where, like you said, they don't even they don't even believe this stuff exists. And yeah. that's where actually Star Wars kind of started hinting at recently in the newer movies. They've kind of implied that the Force is something that not everyone is aware of. And I didn't get that from the original mm-hmm. trilogy. But again, I think that's a better way to handle it. That yeah. they, the 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 Jedi having Force powers is something that wasn't common knowledge. Well, that's kind of cool then. Everyone knows they exist right. as these peacekeepers, but the fact that they could use the force is just a rumor. Magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of neat. And almost kind of a way to be low fantasy within the Star Wars world. But anyway, yeah, Game of Thrones does that super, super well. And yeah, I'm excited to see how it finishes up here. Me too. Me too. Definitely. All right. Um, well, I'm gonna have any other closing thoughts? Um, I don't think so. Next time I'll have notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, that, that's, that's good. That's good. Uh, We'll try to get together again in a few months, and I'm going to have some yeah. other guests on between now and talking to Braden again. But uh, thank you, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will check you later. Awesome. Adios. Adios.